I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio right across my co-host and producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hi, Matt. All right. What's happening on today's episode, you ask? Well, we're going to kick things off, as always, with a little ranting. Mm -hmm. Then we got Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. And then we are diving deep into some wedding bullshit. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah, um, (laughs) because that is the sound of summer wedding season. And guess what? Zoom weddings are a thing of the past. We're back in person. The drama is out and I got some shit to talk about. Okay. And then finally, we get into all the good stuff that helps the bad shit go down easier with our chasers. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, Barry, what do you got to bitch about this week? Every week it's something new with oh, this Oh, I know. I just come in and I'm just shitting all over the place metaphorically You come and in with your sour attitude and bring me down. <laughs> it's depressing. It's anxiety-inducing. This is why I go to therapy. Good. This well, is you know why what? I'm on therapeutics. Good. You're going to have a, a lot more to talk about after this rant. Listen up, all right? As a childless adult in New York City, uh-huh. I can't fucking stand high school summer vacation the teens are out and i don't know where and when they are out okay i went to starbucks at what time noon okay Mm -hmm. 12 p.m full of teenagers no that's supposed to happen at 3 p.m i don't walk my dog at 3 p.m because that's when school lets out but now suddenly they're all over the place at 12 o'clock in the afternoon ordering insane drinks i for the first time, did the thing where I showed up late to a meeting with an iced coffee. Uh-huh. And it was like, sorry, I'm late. I should have been on time because I was like, this cold brew, they're just going to pour it in. It'll be super quick. It's okay that there are some people waiting for drinks. This will be super quick. I forgot that every single teenager ordered some insane drinks. So they were making these crazy drinks. And I was like about to walk out because I was like, I need to go to this meeting. Right. And then they were like, oh, here. And they like made mine ahead of all the teens. Good. But it's just like, okay, I get that like you're not in school, but we should all be aware of your schedules so that we can plan around it. I mean, the truth is you just have to go before like 9 a.m. Because teens don't wake up that early. I know, but I couldn't this way. And then it was just like they're fearless in the summertime. They're yeah, fearless. They they're are everywhere. on their worst behavior. And I'm scared. I will say I bitched about this a while back about going to Starbucks at like 3 p.m. and Mm -hmm. all the teens coming out. And a listener whose name I cannot recall tweeted at me and said, we need to teach Matt about order ahead on Starbucks. And to that listener, I want to say, fuck you. okay? (laughs) fuck you. I know about order ahead. I do order ahead. The problem is the teens are there. The Starbucks system 
whatever service they use spits out the tickets in the order that they come in. Yeah. And if my order is behind, I can order 10 minutes in advance. By the time I get to Starbucks, they're still making the goddamn unicorn yeah. frappuccinos that the 10 teens in front of me ordered. And my one iced coffee won't be ready for 20 fucking minutes. Right. We need one line just for coffee and iced coffee and one line for all the stupid drinks. Right. One line if you are prepubescent. <laughs> You have to prove that you have pubic hair. One line for virgins. Yeah. <laughs> One line for non-virgins. <laughs> Give me my has had sex iced coffee. Yeah. Immediately. Please. Ugh, what else is getting you down? What's your gripe this week? I came into this being like, I don't really have that much to complain about. That was a lie. I do, actually. <laughs> I'm mad at the trains in New York City mm, because, mm. I mean, this is a New York-specific complaint, but I've lived here for 10 years, have not figured out the train system. I don't think you do. I don't <laughs> no. think you ever do. No, it's just a state of mind. They keep you on your toes, really. Yeah. Uh, I was taking the train into Manhattan from Brooklyn this weekend, and it skipped my stop. And no, no was, warning, no warning. I was coming back to Brooklyn from Manhattan. My stop is like the first stop into Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It skipped my stop and went to the next one. And I was like, God damn it. Now I have to get off and go in the opposite direction one stop. And not every station, you can't necessarily just like go to the other side in every station. Right. There was like multiple trains running. So I was like, okay, I'll just catch the different train that it's probably running local. Right. And I went and got on a different train. And guess what? That one skipped my stop. (laughs) And I ended up getting taken back into Manhattan. (laughs) Took me like 30 minutes out of the way. Finally, I said, fuck it. I'm getting an Uber. And I had to get (laughs) off the train and get into an Uber, which these days is like $50 to take you one block. Yeah. That's why I have been city biking more. I do like city biking. I did it again last night. That's great. All the way from Chelsea to Brooklyn. Damn. Um, and yes, if you're asking, my kickball team did win last night. Oh my God, congratulations. Did you do anything to help win? I did score two runs. Oh my God. Not um, two out of 18 total. Still, Matt, look at me. I'm really proud of you. I'm going to cry. <laughs> My other complaint is, and listen, this is heteronormativity. Mm. This is the patriarchy. My problem, it is now summer. We're getting 80, 90 degree days. There is no formal option for men that is cool. Cooling. That is cooling. Okay, there we go. Because, like, a woman or anybody, anybody can wear a dress, yeah. right? Yeah. And a dress is flowy yeah. and it can look very elegant and mm-hmm. formal. Mm-hmm. But traditional, like, menswear yeah. is... Suit pants. <laughs> right. You have to wear, like, heavy pants. So There's no formal shorts. What I'm, I'm hearing... not wearing a kilt. <laughs> no, you're not? Why not? Kilt, capri. Get the, get the male capri look going. I just, like, there's so many things that I want to go to uh, that I'm, like, I just, I'm going to have to wear full pants to this and yeah. I'm going to be sweaty and uncomfortable. Because also I feel like formal men's shorts are like immediately preppy boaty shorts. You know, it's like yeah. the ones with the tiny lobsters on it. And there's right, like right. no non-prep version of that. Yeah. Also, right. All of my shorts are like three inch inseams yeah, that course. I can't wear to any type of formal event. I mean, ass out is formal. Your ass is formally out. I just wish there was more traditional menswear that was not grundle sweat inducing. I feel like there are answers out there. And now I want to help you find them. 
I feel like there's not, but okay. I appreciate your optimism. Sure. Short of wearing a skirt or kilt, which is more it's men are doing it. Right. Yeah. I just don't think that is my look. Right. I respect it. I appreciate it. It's not for me. Wear a kilt. I'm going <laughs> to bully you into wearing a kilt. A kilt, maybe. Yeah. I don't think I could pull You've off. You've seen it on Oscar Isaac. <laughs> That shit looks good. Yeah. That is also the problem, though, is that every man who is, like, normalizing wearing kilts is... or Also the hottest or person skirts alive. Is, yeah, is super hot. Yeah. So that's just my gripe about society. Hey, um, you scored society. two runs in kickball. You can do anything. You can wear a skirt. That is true. To be fair, the other team was down half of their team. <laughs> So you it, were playing a bunch of mannequins. It was. Just cardboard cutouts The of other teams. team only had like seven. I literally thought, I read in the rule book that they have to forfeit if they don't have 10 members. And everyone was like, no, they can play if they want. And I was Hilarious like, this feels not fair. You read the playbook? <laughs> I did Nerd. read the playbook. Can I recite any of it? No. Apparently that rule. Um, I've decided the one thing I bring to the team is that I have a printer and can print out our, our lineup every week. <laughs> That's what I'm bringing. You're the coach's assistant. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh, before we get to the headlines, let's hear what you winos have been calling into the rant hotline about. Let's do it. I hate communicating via email. I hate it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hate being on both ends of it. Um, I would just like to formally say that I hate the catering company that I'm trying to work with who told me I had an attitude problem because I signed an email with a period instead of like a smiley emoji or something else happier. Um, I would also like to formally complain about my college professor who signed an email with a period and made me cry because I can't handle that kind of confrontation. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. See, it cuts both ways. It does. It Uh, does. I (laughs) full-throated... Full-throated agree? (laughs) I full-throated agree. I hate emails. I can talk about this endlessly. The basic lack of reading comprehension in our society... We just talked about this. Yeah, I was drunkenly bitching about this last night. And you talked about it on the podcast, like, last week. Everybody who would listen at the bar, I was like... (laughs) I send like three emails a week and I feel like all three of them make me inordinately angry. Yeah. I hate getting canned emails that are very clearly canned except for one little detail that they add at the beginning (laughs) to try to make it sound like it's personal. I'm like, I know you copied and pasted 99% of this email. You can't fool me by saying, hi, Matt, you know, nice big ass in your latest Instagram (laughs) post. Oh, you got my attention. I mean, that actually probably would work. (laughs) No, also the attitude thing. First of all, fuck that catering company. How dare they? Absolute sexist bullshit. Mm -hmm. But also it is wild the amount of times just in the last two weeks that I have emailed with someone and in my head I'm like, they're a bitch. They're my nemesis. (laughs) I fucking hate them. They're so mean. And then I talk to them on the phone or meet them in real life. And I'm like, they're the nicest person I've ever met in the entire world. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know what it is about our stupid brains that when we read something that is not in someone else's voice, we read it in our voice. And it's just like, how do I think this person's talking to me? They're probably talking to me like I'm the worst piece of shit in the world. Yeah. And that says a lot about how I think other people perceive me. (laughs) 
But yeah. it's, it's <laughs> it does. That actually is a reflection on you. Yeah. I just think I think so much about the inflection that I use, even in the words that I write. Yeah. I mean, that is why I'm a writer. Shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is why I think so much about like the words that I will capitalize or underline or italicize. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be very clear what my emphasis is. But people will still read it the way they hear it. Good. And then they get slapped. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, totally agree. Thank you for writing in. And um, let's use carrier pigeons instead. Yeah. And just so you know, we are mad at you, listener. <laughs> um, <laughs> it didn't sound like you ended with an exclamation point. It did sound like you were signing best Barry period for that. We say fuck you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. That's why you, oh, you should just sign every email like you're Logan in succession. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. All right. And now let's get into the headlines. All right. Worst things first. Let's chat about the most ridiculous worst news of the week first. A man in Chile was accidentally paid 286 times his normal salary. Oh, hell yeah. Such a specific amount in the month of May. And he's now gone missing while the company attempts to correct the error. So basically, he accidentally got paid a shitload more than he would normally make. And now the company is trying to find him. And he's like, peace out, I'm out of here. I'm on vacation for life. So in May, this man who worked for a cold cuts company. Bless you. So he's doing God's work. Yeah. Making cold cuts. Just slicing sweet, sweet meats. Mm, mm. He was supposed to be paid 500,000 Chilean pesos, which works out to about $540 for the month of May. Oh, that's sad. But accidentally received 165 million Chilean pesos. Hell yeah. Which does work out to be about $180,000. Which is significant. Significantly more. Some might even say 286 times more. Yeah, especially if you are used to getting $500 right. a month as your salary. And then you get 180000 Yeah, peace the fuck out, brah. Yeah. Apparently, they noticed the error when management was checking their records and they were like, wait a second. <laughs> How did we spend you know, five years of our budget on this one man's salary? It's the most expensive cut of cold meat ever. So soon after they discovered it, they reached out to the employee who allegedly agreed to visit the bank to get the amount refunded. However, the company did not receive the money back, so they reached out to him again, but they couldn't find him. The man reached out days later saying he would visit the bank soon and return the money. And then the next thing they knew, he had submitted his resignation and was <gasps> like, I'll see you guys never. Wow. TTYL. Several reports have now emerged, which reveal that the man has disappeared. And now the company is trying to go through certain agencies to register a complaint against the employee. I just feel like that's on you. Yeah. That's your mistake. Amen. I feel like there's been stories like this in the past where it's like due to some error, someone accidentally gets like hundreds of thousands of dollars put into their account. It's like, well, Well, there it is, because guess what? Nothing is real and nothing matters and money is fake. So you gave it to him and now they have it. Yeah. Sorry, you just made this man the richest person in Chile. Yeah. But that's your fault. 
and we support him. So if you're listening to this podcast, you go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like to give us a donation, you can send it to unhappy hour at chasebank.com. Yeah. Um, Next. I just love this. I never know. I I feel like we rarely hear from this pope anymore, Mm. except for occasionally, even though I feel like they had uh, a statement. Oh, I don't know if it was the official Vatican that released a statement after the Roe v. Wade thing when they were like, obviously, you know, we don't support abortion, but also don't say you're pro-life if you're not going to do anything else to support it i i'm pretty sure i saw something i saw someone on tiktok say that (laughs) i saw someone on tiktok say that the vatican released some statement i Mm -hmm. think so uh gotta be honest i don't really pay attention to the popes (laughs) i mean also true it it doesn't matter with that a man in a robe in some other country should have absolutely no say over what you get to do with your body here in the u.s um but what what did he say (laughs) what did pope what did pope who's this one france frank Pope, Pope Frank. Frank um, yes, Pope Francis, a.k.a. Frank, has, uh, <laughs> Frankie. has urged mothers to stop ironing their son's shirts and okay. encourage them to get married. So that their wives can iron their shirts? Basically, this woman came up to the Pope and was like, listen, my son is 37 years old. He won't get married. And Frank said, but senora, don't iron his shirts. <laughs> Make the first move by sending him out. Let him leave the nest. Wow. I like that it's like subtly blaming her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in Italy, I don't know where this woman is from, but I can imagine that an Italian mother in Italy would be like, yeah, I'll iron your shirt. Yeah. I'll iron your shirt. I'll take uh, care of you. <laughs> yeah. Until the day you die. And Pope Francis said, fuck them kids. <laughs> Get them out of your house. <laughs> Make them leave. He also was like, and don't let them back in. <laughs> he was like, and then in moments of difficulty in crises, all families have them. Please don't take the easy road. I'm going back to mom. He said, no, move ahead with this courageous gamble. <laughs> yeah. Your 37 year old son comes back to your the house, just shirt absolutely wrinkled, barely can see the design on it because it's so contorted by the wrinkles. And he's just like, mama, please uh, help. And the yeah. mom has to just shut the door on her beautiful baby boy and say no. And then throws the iron out the window at him, says, you iron your own goddamn shirt or get a wife to do it. Right. That's beautiful. And you know who did that? Who? God. Wow. You know what he said to his son? What? Go fucking die. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what? He did. (laughs) But you know what he did after that? Yeah, he did bring him back. Yeah. Which is kind of unfair. That's what everyone is like, oh, he died. Well, hello. He came back. Yeah. So, whatever. (laughs) I'm not going to talk about that fucking book. (laughs) Um, and finally, this is really just a sad story. Um, oh, good. Especially considering that we're recording this at the very end of Pride Month. The Denver Zoo has this famous gay flamingo couple. Gorgeous. Freddie Mercury and Lance Bass. Are you called. shitting me? That's their names. <laughs> Which feels homophobic. It does. I don't know like, who of named all, them. Like, like... <laughs> First of all, both of those men were not together. Right. Lance Bass has a husband. Yeah. Why don't you name him after him? Right. It's like you have two gay friends and you're just like, oh, they should date because they're both gay. Like, that's what they're doing. Right. By naming them Freddie Mercury. Well, tragically, the zoo posted this bombshell 
in their Pride post at the end of Pride Month, they said, while the flock consists of a collection of partnerships that include not only male-female breeding pairs, but also strong bonds between same-sex pairs, our famed same-sex couple, Chilean flamingo Lance Bass and American flamingo oh, oh, biracial... Wow. American flamingo Freddie Mercury (laughs) international couple (laughs) are no longer a pair they were paired up for several years and acted as surrogate parents uh, if a breeding pair was unable to raise their chick but they've broken up after multiple commenters demanded more information about what happened, the zoo posted a follow-up. Please rest assured that both Freddie and Lance are in good health they weren't separated and their breakup was amicable Mating for life isn't necessarily true for all birds, and our keepers have noticed that some birds in long-term relationships sometimes decide to move on and pair up with other birds. Honestly, wow. this is an entire uh, we, romance drama. Yeah, we need the next gay-ass Pixar movie that, honestly, homophobic folks are going to love because they end up converting. <laughs> I don't think they went back to being straight. Oh, I no? just don't think they like one another anymore. Oh. Oh, now Freddie has paired up with a 14-year-old female <gasps> flamingo named Lami. Freddie is 52 years old? What? Holy shit. How long do flamingos live? <laughs> How long do flamingos live? And also fucked up he's with a 15-year-old. Yeah. Freddie. Come How, on, man. This is a horrible, horrible image that you're portraying for the gay community yeah. that you choose. I mean, this is really a reflection on the bisexual community. Okay, so. rude. <laughs> I, don't put this on me. That Freddie Mercury, the 52-year-old flamingo, has decided to leave his longtime same-sex partner for a 14-year-old female flamingo named Lamy. Who Whore is this? name, first of all. <laughs> slut name, Lamy. <laughs> But yeah, honestly, tragic. Lance has not been as lucky in love post-breakup. Oh, Lance was only 20. So Fred is really, he's wow. He's a, what's it called? Cradle robber? Yeah, I also just looked it up. And they said flamingos live 20 to 30 years in the wild or up to 50 years in a zoo. So the fact that Freddie is 52 <laughs> okay. and he's getting new partners, ancient. like truly the Hugh Hefner of the flamingo community. Yeah, so Lance is really taking this pretty hard, I guess. Yeah, has not understandable. Um, really this kind of bombshell situation in the flamingo community we will be following this story oh yes <laughs> and you know what I think this is worthy of Birdwatch 2022 yeah birds really are causing drama Birdwatch 2022 <laughs> and that's it for this week's worst things first next we're diving deep into some unholy matrimonies Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment, and if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. 
Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost, but now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right. Well, we are solidly in the midst of wedding season. I think so. I don't even know when wedding season is. It's all year round, but there's wedding season and then there's summer weddings. Right. You know? I would say wedding season is usually, yeah, it's like May until the following May, I would say. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. I just feel like it's always wedding season. We're always getting goddamn weddings and everyone is getting married always. And that means that there is a never ending stream of wedding drama to keep us entertained because you can't have a wedding with at least one devastating family feud, a drunken breakup, a murder, a cover up, a death by feud. Right. Death by combat. I hope that's what's on your gravestone. Death by feud. Death by feud. <laughs> no, I would win a death by feud. Okay. Anyway, so for this week's deep dive, I thought we'd crack open the old internet for some of the hottest wedding drama of the last couple months to see what people have been bitching about. Oh, we're not just going right into my family's drama? Do you have family drama? Can't talk about it on here. <laughs> okay, then I guess we're not. <laughs> Um, and yeah, weigh in in our own expert opinion. So I kind of trolled through a lot of the Reddit and a lot of these sites that post about some wedding drama. Yeah. Because listen, am I getting married anytime soon? No. <laughs> Uh, which makes me uniquely qualified to judge all of your weddings. Yes. And you have officiated a wedding. So I you have. actually so I am, are am an, expert, an expert. Even though I'm not ordained. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ready? Ready. First, I wanted to talk about this story. This went kind of viral a few weeks ago. And so it really is what set it off. The headline is, am I the asshole for not having catering at my wedding? Did you see this? I did. And I have opinions. So uh, this person writes, they're, they're a woman, their fiance uh, is man. They're 28 and 30. They got married a couple months ago, had their dream wedding. Everything was perfect. They said, my parents, his parents helped us pay for a great chunk of the wedding. So we would be debt free. And we're so grateful. The issue arose about a month and a half ago when my aunt started posting on Facebook about how disappointed she was with the whole ordeal. Okay, bitch. A a few guests (laughs) sided with her. Background, my fiancé and I are huge Disney fans. We travel to Disney World as much as we can throughout the year. Disney is such an important part of not only us, but also our marriage. Okay, reserving judgment. The issue was with our decision to not offer catering services or bar services at our wedding due to routing the money towards having a wedding Minnie and Mickey make appearances at our special day. <laughs> the cost to have both Minnie and Mickey for a good chunk of time, 30 minutes. That's No one's ever said 30 minutes is a good chunk of time, I'm sorry. <laughs> was almost exactly what our parents allotted for our catering budget. So we scheduled an appearance during our first dance and our wedding photos, foregoing served food. 
though they said there were plenty of facilities at the venue where people could eat. My parents were still very supportive of us, but everyone else was being passive aggressive about it on Facebook. And then they posted some updates saying, I wanted to clarify that it was two 30-minute sessions and that it was $2,750 for the cost of one session. Okay, so so we're quitting this podcast. We are going to Disney and we are becoming the next Minnie and Mickey because that is some solid cash money. Yeah, everyone had an opinion about this. Of course. If you were on Twitter that day. I saw some people believing that they were having it at Disney World. I think they just kind of paid Mickey and Minnie impersonators or whatever, someone who just had a costume. I don't think this was like a licensed Disney event. Oh, really? Is that what you thought? I thought they were at Disney. I just thought they like had their own venue in their own event and that they like paid Mickey and Minnie to come to their wedding. Oh, that's worse to me. Because so I saw people have, being if like, if you're gonna spend a shit ton of money to have unlicensed, like go to Times Square and get the creepy Elmo off the Times Square. Like, why would you? Why would that be special? Maybe it was licensed, but I just assumed the way that it was written that it was taking place somewhere else. Okay. Because someone was like, I'm surprised Disney even let this happen. Oh. Like, if you have your wedding at Disney, all of the packages there like mm. come with food, and I just okay, assumed. Okay. I see what you mean. But even if it was, the point is, if you're having any type of party, the expectation is that you should have at least drinks. At least. And if you're given drinks, you're probably going to want to fill those stomachs up, too. Yeah. All right? You're absolutely the asshole. I mean, yeah. I think these people got roundly criticized on the internet. Yeah. Um, and everybody started lumping in, like, Disney adults into this, which is... Fair. Absolutely fair. (laughs) I just think it is an insane, and I'm using that in the clinical sense, (laughs) choice to forego food and drinks for your guests in order for you to take pictures with living stuffed animals. (laughs) Hard agree. And this is coming from someone who fucking loves Disneyland, okay? Yeah, I just don't like how they tried to save it by being like, this it's part, Disney it, it is such is, an integral part of our wedding. It's okay. like, okay, then like don't invite guests and right. instead invite the entire cast. Also, it's they're not real. They're not real. They're not real. <laughs> you are adults. <laughs> you are adults who should know that they're it's just human beings <laughs> sweating inside <laughs> a costume. You paid nearly six thousand dollars apparently for a total of sixty minutes for Mickey and Minnie to sweat their asses off at your wedding and you don't even get to fuck them well i don't know what maybe, they did on maybe the they did i don't know maybe that's why it was so expensive i don't know how crazy those people inside those costumes go i have to assume that being inside of a sauna that long has got to do some wonders for oh, your yeah. libido mm-hmm. i'm just assuming um being around all those children <laughs> i'm just assuming that all of the characters at disneyland have full erections the entire <laughs> horrifying (laughs) anyway so yeah not great for that particular wedding so (laughs) with that as inspiration let's go on to some other ones this one was uh, someone complaining that a bride essentially wanted their guests to pay for their entire wedding they said an acquaintance is getting married and sent their wedding registry out to everybody and basically the registry only has cash funds for every single vendor for their wedding honestly kind of genius that i will say in israel 
that is like the cultural norm is like you don't do gifts. People just like give you money and you use that money to pay for the wedding. Right. And like that's it. So, yeah, I mean, they sent out their wedding registry that was like, okay, your gift could be chip in for this, chip in for that. Yeah, that the specificity of that is where it starts to feel weird because then it's like, oh, what if someone like doesn't pay for catering and like then what the wedding just doesn't have food? Like, I don't understand. Also, they said that the cost of their wedding is estimated to be about thirty thousand dollars. Okay, so maybe tamper back that. uh, Is that a phrase? Tamper back? No, no. (laughs) Maybe bring that cost down if you're expecting everyone else to pay for it. But they are supposed to have a guest count of one hundred and twenty five people. So I guess they expect everyone to contribute at least two hundred and fifty dollars, which doesn't sound that unreasonable. Listen, registries usually have like way more expensive gifts, but then also gifts that are more reasonable. What is 250? Does that math check out? Let me check. Don't ask me. Yeah, $30,000. Okay. <laughs> it's tacky, but I understand it. I think a wedding registry is tacky anyway. Just yeah. like asking people for specific gift. You're just asking people to buy shit for you. Especially now that like Maybe this is just me, but I feel like most of the people who I know getting married are, like, in their 30s. Right, they already live together. They already have dishes. You don't need any (laughs) of the shit that would traditionally... I feel like wedding registries are a relic of when people got married when they were, like, 14 and didn't have anything. Right. (laughs) I also feel like the 250, like, like, maybe that'd be fine if you weren't also expected to, like, go to the wedding and like flying there like it's not just the $250 yeah that you're spending to go to this wedding right maybe you have to buy an outfit maybe you have to buy a plane ticket maybe you have to get a hotel room and it's like okay well are you pitching in for that amount yeah the problem with weddings is that they're too goddamn expensive yeah. for everybody and i don't like how people's excuse is like well i'm the one throwing the wedding so like I'm the one having to pay so much. You can afford to, like, do your part to get here or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, I didn't ask you to get fucking married. Yeah. This is not about anybody in particular. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded like it for a second, and it's not. Um, I just, like, truly believe if you love the people around you, then you're going to be okay if they don't want to spend the money to come to your wedding. Yeah. Like, that should be fine and you shouldn't be offended by that especially we're not even talking about bachelorette parties but like also bachelorette parties like no one should be obligated to pay to go to one there is a woman on tiktok ring the tiktok bell who posted i mean this is another example where she was a bridesmaid and she was getting worried that the expenses for the bachelorette party were just getting a little bit too much for her and so she reached out to the maid of honor and was like hey can we maybe do this on this day? They were like, it was a trip that they were planning. Right. And they were, she was like, can we maybe do this? Or like, I'm not sure about that. It's getting a little expensive. And the maid of honor reached out to her and were like, uh, you're getting way too bossy. I'm doing all of the work. And now suddenly you're complaining about money. I'm going to talk to the bride about this. And the end result is that this girl got uninvited to the <gasps> wedding. I hate everyone in the world. <laughs> it's like, you're not that sweet. This is your friend. Yeah. And your one day where you play dress up. And uh, <laughs> it's like not that deep. No. I, we have this culture where everybody is like, oh, I want to be a fucking princess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Am I going to be a bitch? <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, it's just like you're going to ruin a friendship over the fact that someone doesn't want to pay hundreds of dollars to go on your bachelorette trip. It's not even the fucking wedding. No. 
<sighs> or the fact that a maid of honor assumes this like sergeant general status yeah. <laughs> where they are like stepping in on behalf of the bride as their like deputy to like <laughs> exact justice on someone. Chill out. It's not that deep. Anyway, um, this one, I'm not even sure if it's real. I saw this on the internet a little while ago. This is, am I the asshole for not attending my sister's wedding since my husband was not invited? Oh. So at first you're like, oh shit. Family drama. Yeah. Your husband isn't invited. Of course you would say, no, I don't want to go to your wedding. But this person says, let me start by saying, I understand my husband's behavior is inappropriate. He's not perfect. I took vows with him. I accept him as a whole person, including his flaws. He's a good husband. My husband has a kink for urinating on himself in public. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Golden shower everywhere. Let me just summarize here. Basically, this woman is like, my husband likes to piss himself and pretend like it's an accident. And he does this at family functions. Frank. And um, <laughs> I started doing this. He, he stands up and says something like, oh, no, I peed myself. And then he goes to the bathroom and changes. She says, I always bring a change of pants and underwear for him in case this happens. Um, and true love. She says, of course, we don't want people to know that my husband is doing this for a kink. So I've told my family that he has a medical condition that causes him not to have full control of his bladder and that he doesn't wear adult diapers because he's ashamed, blah, blah, blah. Now my sister is getting married and she says my husband can't come because she doesn't want him disrupting the wedding. I told her it was unfair to exclude him over a medical condition that he can't help, which is true as far as she knows. But also a lie. But she said it's his own choice to refuse to wear adult diapers, so it's his fault. I know it would really hurt him if I just left him at home and went to the wedding by myself, but I love my sister and my family, and my husband is my life partner, so I told my sister I won't be making it to the wedding, and now she's extremely angry with me. Um, listen, I genuinely can't tell if this is real or not. It does feel fake. Yeah. Um, but assuming that it is real, you need to leave this man. <laughs> Wow, kink shame. I am firmly in the camp of kink shaming. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is not... There's kinks and then there's like, you're pissing yourself in public. Yeah. (laughs) That is... It it stops being a kink when it becomes like... It's also like not consensual. Right. Everyone else around you does not like consent to this. (laughs) And in fact, are being lied to about why it's happening. And if your husband could not piss his pants for one day... (laughs) Of your sister's wedding, then something is deeply wrong. If you're, if you, if it's reached a point where your husband is unable to not piss himself on purpose, at it's a little attention whore. Yeah, keep your sick shit to yourself. <laughs> I think we need to be doing more kink shaming. Okay. This will be what gets me canceled in yeah. like ten years because it, once it becomes like that's the new frontier, and they'll dig up my old post being like. Matt said that we should shame someone for pissing his pants at his sister's <laughs> wedding. But, like, yeah, fuck that. All right. You heard it here, folks. This is another similar one, which is, am I the asshole for announcing the reason why I didn't invite my brother to my wedding and exposing him to our entire family? So, basically, this person was married the first time, and then his wife cheated on him with his brother. All right, bro. And so he divorced his wife and has not spoken to his brother. Okay, okay. Kind of got estranged from his parents. Okay. Now the issue is that it's several years later, this guy is getting married again, 
and he's very happy. Uh, his parents really like the new fiance. They're getting along really well. They're excited about the wedding, but he's like, I'm not going to invite my brother to my wedding when he fucked my first wife. Right. I guess it resulted in a confrontation at the wedding where he announced, this is why I didn't invite my brother. It was a secret. Nobody knew that that was the reason that they broke up and that they are estranged. Yeah. And now the guy is like, okay, if you're going to force me to say why I'm not inviting my brother, I'll tell everybody it's because he had an affair with my first wife. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. First of all, everyone in the family knows. Like, I I don't care if you think you're keeping a secret. There's no way. Everyone in the family already knows. Right. Second of all, like, they clearly haven't talked. It's weird to invite someone you don't talk to to your wedding. So this person to me, not the asshole. (laughs) Yeah, that is like a thing where it's like, oh, your wedding is such a special day that you have to invite everybody. And And it's it's like... like, "Mm, no. no, I'm going to invite the people I like. Yeah. Not even everyone I'm really, just the people I like. <laughs> right. The people you that don't my future have husband to likes. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it is just a fucking party. It's a party. Just yeah. have fun and don't invite people that you don't like. Yeah. But I do love the drama, though. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because they said, um, his parents came to the wedding looking pissed, asking what we were going to tell people when they asked about his brother. He told them I'd take care of it. And what I did was take a moment while everyone was paying attention, grabbed the mic, flat out announced and said, the reason I didn't invite Thomas to my wedding is because I was worried he'd steal my now wife just like he stole the first one. Boom. <laughs> Boom. I don't know if you had to announce it like that, but, like, I do love that drama. Yeah. You know everyone's going to be talking about that. Yeah, and you also know that if Thomas had come to the wedding, it would have ended in a blood brawl on the dance floor. Like, if that's the energy that was being brought to this wedding without him being there, yeah. if he had been there, it would have been way worse. So, he's not the asshole. I love him. I'll be his third wife. This is an interesting one. This person asks, am I the asshole for taking the diamond out of an heirloom ring for my girlfriend's engagement ring? It's uh, a man marrying a woman. And he says, (laughs) (laughs) during Pride Month, Um, he says, my mother has this family heirloom. It was like my grandmother's ring. And it was originally supposed to go to my sister. And she ended up offering it to me. But, like, my fiancé didn't like the ring, but we liked the diamond. Mm-hmm. And so they took the diamond out and put it in a new ring. And then the mother kept the, the setting the setting, mm-hmm. and replaced the stone with uh, something else. Yeah. And now his sister is, like, super pissed and thinks that they, like, desecrated a family heirloom just because they, like, liked the diamond. And it was like, oh, I mean, this, the whole ring is what the family heirloom is. And, like, now you've ruined it. And if I knew you were going to do that, I wouldn't have given it to you. We should have just kept it in one piece. No, if you give a gift and it's done and it's not yours anymore <laughs> yeah. and you didn't. In fact, you actually expanded the family heirloom. You gave right. a beautiful story to this couple. And there's still the setting and a new stone. It's one stone and what sounds like there are more stones in there and a setting. So, again, I come and I rain down and I say, you are not the asshole. All the people around you are. Yeah, ultimately, because it's like, yeah, your mom gets a piece of it, you get a piece of it, and you get to now pass down two separate pieces of it. And it's not like, oh yeah, I don't know, you threw it into Mordor. Like, you still have it. (laughs) Um, Shockingly, though, this person was deemed an asshole by Reddit. Really? I mean, after a certain number of votes on this forum, they deem you either asshole or not an asshole. The problem, I think, is that 
it ended up turning into a like very overt confrontation between this brother and sister okay. where okay. he calls her like um a bitch. A I'm bitch. seeing now he does, in fact, call her a bitch. So, OK. I called her a bitch. She told me if I'm getting married, I should think about growing up. I feel like she spoiled my engagement. Yeah, that sucks. Um, And eventually he had to say, oh, OK, I get it, people. I'm the asshole. You can stop sending me messages. I think he made up with the sister, but <laughs> the sister accused him of mutilating the ring. So she was being a bitch. Mm hmm. There are a number of posts about people who are mad at their friends for canceling. In one case, it's because a close friend and bridesmaid, her husband got into a car accident. The bride was like, listen, my friend, her husband got into a car accident. She was a bridesmaid. Wait, did was the husband okay? He was hospitalized for five days. Okay. This was a week before the wedding. Oh, okay. So the friend immediately texted the bride to be like, I don't think I'm going to make your wedding. My husband was just in a car accident. He's in the hospital. Uh And the bride was like, okay, let's check in at the end of the week. And so the week passes and the husband spends five days in the hospital and is discharged. And the bride texted the bridesmaid and was like, do you think you're going to make it? And she's like... Yeah, he's out of the hospital, but he still got in yeah. a fucking car accident. Oh, right, and, and like, like, needs to be nursed. Right, and the bride was like, okay, I mean, you could have, like, hired someone for the day or, like, gotten your parents to come look <gasps> after him. And so, ultimately, the bride is pissed off that her bridesmaid canceled because her husband got into a car accident. I love that because of the vow that this bride is about to take is through sickness <laughs> and health, you know? And it's like, okay, sickness asterisk unless it's your friend's wedding, and in that case, leave their side. Right. Ultimately, I would say someone nearly dying is more important than your party day. Amen. Uh, a similar situation is, which is perhaps a little different. A bride got mad at her friends for canceling, potentially not making her wedding because they were having IVF treatments to try to get pregnant. And it was, I guess, the scheduling was like, fuck, we have to do this on this day and mm, we have to cancel. Mm, mm. Again, through sickness and in health or whatever, I haven't said the vows. It's just if you love your friends, there's compromise in your relationships. Right. It's just With like, your friends, I mean. Substitute wedding for birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really not that different. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is a little bit different. And I guess it's like, yeah, different people place different weight on the importance of their wedding day. Yeah. And like, I guess everybody knows like how important the wedding is to each individual friend. But still, you know what I have to like say to that? that Get better friends. <laughs> um, there are several posts about people refusing to be a maid of honor. Someone was asked to be a maid of honor and turned it down because they were like, no, it's too much work. I love you, but like, love I don't want to do that. Love that energy. Yes. <laughs> and now they're in like a feud with their friend who is so pissed off. It's like, no, no, it's your wedding. You can't just assign someone to do all of this work, <laughs> this unpaid labor. In fact, they'll go into debt over your <laughs> wedding because of the amount of fucking work that they're going to have to do. They have the right to say no to that. Yeah. They're not your bitch, bitch. Bitch. And finally, I love this one. Am I the asshole for telling a bride it was not that difficult for people to upstage her at her wedding? Ooh. Basically, <laughs> this bride um, this bride got married. 
This person says, my family and I are from Albania, and it was their cousin who got married to his wife. Basically, the groom side of the family is the Albanian side. Got and it. They were told that it was like a black tie dress code, absolutely no plus ones, no kids, which they were sort of upset about because they were like, in Albanian culture, all of our events have children, and mm, it's like, mm. we, we wanted to include it. So they were already pissed off. And then they get there. The bride side of the family is in like jeans and casual maxi dresses. And the groom side is all in black tie. And the bride gets pissed at all of the groom side for looking better than her. Uh, But it turns out the bride was wearing a white knee length lace dress from (laughs) H&M. Um, And ended up getting super pissed at the groom and his side of the family for, like, upstaging her wedding. And so this person finally was like, look, sorry that we dress nice for your wedding and that you wore (laughs) H&M, but it's not our fault that we look better than you (laughs) if you chose to wear H&M. Right. I mean, there are many cases in which you can both be the asshole and be right. And I think... This might be one of the cases. Yeah. I don't know if you have to say that to her. Right. Ultimately, you won by looking better than her. Yeah. And you can just let the facts speak for themselves. Yeah. I am afraid of this personally because I recently got what is known as a piece of art dress that is incredible, full sequence. Uh Uh-huh. It has fish on it. It's I look incredible in it. It is stunning. Thank you very much. I'm obsessed with this dress. Like, I know I'm not doing a great job describing it. Maybe I'll post a pic on Instagram. I love it. And I want to wear it to events, but I also was like, I probably can't wear this to a wedding because I will draw too much attention to myself. (laughs) Um, So I get it. Like, you have to think about the bride. And it's like, that's dumb because I just want to look good. (laughs) I am falling in love more with the idea of requiring everybody to wear white to a wedding. Yeah. So there is someone who I went to high school with who is getting married in Greece right now. I'm obsessed with her. I still follow her on Instagram. We don't really talk, but I'm just like, Tasha, love you, support you. Mm -hmm. And she the night before her wedding had an all white party. Uh And so all of her friends all wore white and she wore this like diamond encrusted looking like amazing dress. And it was awesome. It looked so good. I think like everyone looks good in white. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Everyone should do that. It's problem solved. Just make every wedding an all white attire wedding. The point is no one gives a shit about your wedding. Amen. um, Except for you. Mm -hmm. And keep that in mind. Just because it's your wedding doesn't mean you can be an absolute monster to everybody (laughs) else. And ultimately it's just a fucking party and I don't give a shit and you should get over it. But also if you don't invite us, we will be huge bitches to you. I will be offended. (laughs) And that is it for this week's Deep Dive. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Because, wow, it's a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, it is. This week, I wanted to highlight the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. They are an organization that advocates on behalf of transgender and gender nonconforming people. And they put together this really great resource list. It's a cute little map on their website that has resources in a whole bunch of states, including health resources, COVID relief, 
legal, social support, crisis hotlines in in every state, and they're looking to expand as well. Right now, I would say they have about half of the states listed. So we'll put a link in our show notes so that you can go check out the resources if you need them. You can donate to the Marsha P. Johnson Institute, which is doing great work on behalf of the transgender and gender nonconforming communities. Or you can help fill in some of the resources that they're missing in states that perhaps you live in and you may know about. Amazing. And of course, you can find all of our Do Better White People shout outs from today and in the past at the link in our Instagram bio. All right, let's get into the uh, TV we were watching. What are you watching this week? Oh, Barry? man. I watched with you and then again with Alex, and I probably will watch it again and again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Previous guest complainers, Kate Berlant and John Early. I forgot they were guest complainers. <laughs> they were, and we did, in fact, ask them about dance, and it continues to be a huge part of their work. Mm-hmm. They have a special on Peacock. It's about 52 minutes. It is with director Andrew DeYoung, who they worked on 555, which is an incredible web series that they did many years ago. And it is called Would It Kill You to Laugh? It's mm-hmm. a 52-minute special, sketches, jaw-dropping. I was cackling. I was stunned. I was weeping. Not actually, but just like I was... It was everything from hilarious to sensual. It was perfect. I'm Uh obsessed with them. It was incredible, and I loved it so much. And that is the TV that I watched this week. Yeah, I will second that. Yeah, seriously, it is brilliant. Like, they're just amazing, and I loved every second of it. True. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I second what you were watching. The other thing, I started um, The Real Housewives of Orange <laughs> County. So just know that I will be, that will be my personality for the next several months because okay. that was the OG Housewives franchise. That's Got what it. kicked it off. And I'm starting from the beginning, even though the first season was from 2006. This was literally half my life ago. Wow. George Bush was still president. Ew. (laughs) That was so long ago. It really feels like everything looks like it was shot on like a camcorder. (laughs) iPhones didn't even exist yet. It feels like it's from a different era. Yeah. I mean, it is from a different era. It's an entirely different show, but I feel like it's important. I'm a completist. I want right, to watch right. it from the beginning yeah. and understand. Everything in the canon. Right. Mm-hmm. It is really funny. It's definitely, in this very first season, centered more on... They modeled it after, like, Desperate Housewives. That was the inspiration. And so it's much more based on their, like, family lives and their children. Mm. It's only funny because they are Orange County rich and Republicans, probably. But one of their kids is in juvie for, like, smoking pot. Cool. (laughs) And for, like, hitting a teacher, I think. Oh, no. (laughs) Someone else, one of their other kids... Breaks his hand for punching his friend. The mom was like, why did you punch your friend? And he was like, it's because he told me he was smoking pot and I was trying to get him to stop. Okay. Narc. (laughs) So he punched his friend and broke his own hand. He punched his own hand? He punched his friend for right. smoking Oh, and pot broke his own and hand. broke his hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Anyway, it is truly like watching a historical documentary. And there's 16 seasons, so we'll see how, um, how quickly I can get through those 16 seasons. Because I did watch 12 seasons of Beverly Hills in like three weeks. So Wow. I guess this will take me like four weeks. Yeah. Um, anyway, what is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser 
I have two. One is that you and I went and saw Marcel the Shell. Oh, yes. And it was just one of the most beautiful film experiences of my life. I truly cried, actually cried, but like out of joy and beauty. Just I a lot of times will cry when something's beautiful. And that definitely happened during that movie. Really loved it. Jenny Slate, if you're listening, you're not. But if you are, just know I love you with all my heart, mm-hmm. all my heart, my whole body. Um, and relatedly, it's not at all related. I am obsessed with this Instagram account called Helicity, <laughs> Helicity, Helicity Merriman, which is basically a meme account about American Girl dolls. I have been obsessed with it for a while now and like follow them before they even had 10K followers. Okay. Um, And then one of the people who runs the account saw that I liked it and turns out that they love Unhappy Hour. And it made me, I was like, oh my God, I freaked out because I love that account so much. So um, if you aren't following it, Winos, you absolutely should be. It's one of the few things on social media that brings me joy. I love it. The hit of nostalgia and like cynicism is beautiful. So that those two things in a time where there's so little places to draw joy from. Mm-hmm. Marcel Lachelle and this American Girl doll uh, meme account, Helicity Merriman, uh, really, really bringing it for me. What about you? I second both of those things. And yeah, we'll say my only other chaser would be uh, another podcast. I don't know if I've listed it before, my chasers, but um, always disclaimer when I mention another podcast, you can only listen to it after you've listened to Unhappy Hour. And uh, told and three friends to listen to Unhappy Hour. <laughs> then you're allowed to. But one of my favorite comedy podcasts called Keeping Records with Caleb Heron and Shelby Wolstein. And you told me to start listening and I have. And I have been like working out at the gym last laughing out loud listening to it. I really am enjoying that. Yeah, I mean, Caleb is, if you don't know Caleb, wow. like, you what will. are you doing? He is, yeah. he is, I think, the funniest person in comedy right now. He's amazing. Yeah. The premise of the show is that in 1970-something, the U.S., like, we sent a capsule into space, kind of with all of these relics of culture and civilization and civilization so that the aliens should they ever find it and have a record player right and could speak english would understand culture and civilization mm-hmm. and so their thing is interviewing comedians to see what would you include on the record right and it ranges from very serious to very silly stuff and yeah it's just a joy to listen to love them both yes it's a great listen And um, that's it for this week's episode. So thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. Guess what? You can buy merch at unhappyhourshop.com. As always, you can head to the Odyssey app or wherever you get this podcast. Follow us, rate us, review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Marisa Roscoe, and me, a Matt Belisai. Hadim Jang, Meredith Rice, and Kurt Courtney help out with our socials. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Onsdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye.
Can you do that at my wedding? Instead of a, an orchestra, I'll just have you acapella it? For $30,000, yeah. Done. Done. 